from the Utah School Counselors Association, this is The Sounding Board, where school counselors share ideas. I'm Nate Webb, school counselor, USCA board member, and every week I'll be speaking with different counselors and professionals that will be giving us valuable information in our counseling world. We cannot wait for you to hear these ideas. Let's get to it. What's up, everybody, and welcome back to The Sounding Board from the Utah School Counselors Association. And we have another wonderful segment of Starting Little, Ending Big with our wonderful elementary school peeps. Um, we got Holly Todd with us, and we got Gina James. Welcome, welcome, ladies, to the show. Always good to see you guys. Hello. Good to be here. Absolutely. So today, I mean, we are six weeks out from the end of school for most of us, right? We got, we got the rest of this month, and all of the rest of may to go and we're in the home stretch and burnout is at its all-time high because we're all running our groups and helping teachers and making sure kids are on track for graduation well i am i'm at a high school but like elementary schools too and so we're going to talk about self-care today because y'all this home stretch is where we need to take care of ourselves the most we don't need no injuries sliding into home base okay we want to be able to be able to be resilient and strong to finishing up. So how can we take care of ourselves and how can we engage in some self-care as we finish up this school year? So one of the things that I think of the most, and I kind of have a phrase that I use and I say it differently every time. So you can't quote me on it, <laughs> but it's the idea of is our self-care practice an intervention or is it a prevention strategy? And when we're in schools, a lot of times we talk about, you know, the prevention, the tiered approach. We've got to do these things for everybody so that it happens right. all the time. Everything's going to take place for everybody. And then we have the inter interventions. A lot of times we take the idea of self-care of we're in this home stretch. Now I need to take care of myself. Now I need to fight the burnout rather than what can I do every day to prevent the burnout? What can I do on a daily basis that helps my well-being? So I don't get to burn out. And so that's the first thing that I would say is, what are your daily practices and what can you do to prevent burnout instead of just intervene in burnout? Instead of reacting to burnout. That's such a, that's a good point. Because a lot of us, we don't engage in self-care until we are, we're donezo. We are burnt out. We are fed up. We have mm -hmm. lashed out at all of our loved ones and half of our <laughs> not so loved ones. And we're just ready to be done. And that's when we're like, maybe, maybe I should go on a run. Maybe I yeah. should take a nap. Like, Well, and a lot of times we make it into this big thing of, oh, I'm going to go on my vacation now, or, oh, I'm going to go on my, get my massage. I'm going to do or, my yearly self-care. Yeah. My yearly <laughs> self-care. And yeah. you know, that's not self-care. We would never do that for our kids that we're talking to our teachers that we're talking to. We would never say, oh, just once a year, go take care of yourself. Oh. Yeah. I love that. And one thing, you know, when I was coming into this field and I was replacing someone that was retiring and I will never forget the advice she gave me and I took it to heart and it really has helped me so much. But she said, you know, the burnout of this job is real. And she said, so I'm going to give you some advice. What you have to remember when you come in here every day is, you know, come in, work hard, work hard all day long, do everything you can, but always realize your life is not this your life yeah. is outside of here these are your kids and this is your job but as you walk out the door train your brain to leave it here 
and then go take care of your kids, go take care of your family, go live your life and do fun things. And so I literally trained my brain to do that, that as I walked out the door, I left it there. Yeah. Does it always work? No, because sometimes you have things that just kind of haunt you. But for the most part, I've really tried to do that. And it's paid off for me big time. Yeah, that's one of the hardest things in education. So my wife was a middle school teacher for a couple of years. And like, you know, come home, try to be at home. But then I catch her like staring off in a blank space. And she's like thinking of a, a situation she's trying to problem solve for the next day. And it's just so hard when you care so deeply and also when you you care enough to want to, you know, make a change. It is really hard to leave it at work because you're you're trying to think of for the next day. All right, how can I how can I help this kid out? How can I? But I think of what a lot of people don't realize the best way to help your kids out is to take a freaking break so that you're at high energy. So you're at your best for the next day, because if you're well, not only that, I think about. Our family and our friends who we associate with outside of our work circle. And I this struck me as I was reading something one day and it said, your family deserves the best of you, not what's left of you. Ooh. And I think that a lot of times we do that with our family and friends. We give them what's left over right. rather than the best. And if we think about who really is our, the most important and most impactful people in our lives, it's not our work you know, group. Yes, they're important and our students are important, but really outside of work is more important and significant in what we do on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we need to make them the best of us, not what's left of us. You hear Love that, me. guys? Work is not the most important thing in your life. Oh, my God. And what's so funny is I'm saying it and I have I struggle with that. Like I oh, yeah. it's something that even oh, though God. I have self-care for a long time it's something that I struggle with because we become so ingrained and our identity becomes connected to work well especially when you're passionate about it right we spend so much time studying so much time educating ourselves so much time just ingraining everything into us that taking us that like it becomes part of our identity what do you do with your free time well i look at peer-to-peer research about who do you do <laughs> right like it becomes part of what we are but it's not the most important things in our lives guys we need to take a step back often not just sometimes but often and do things that make us happy that have nothing to do with work mm-hmm. finding yeah. those hobbies are huge and hobbies that aren't related to improving yourself as a as an employee or professional. Right. Hobbies, hobbies for fun. Yes. For fun. I don't want you. I don't want to hear about your Ed Milet books or your, your Tony <laughs> Baskin Robbins or whatever his name is. Okay. Fun. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And so one of the things that I've done recently is um, I've challenged myself to read so many books a year. Um, I'm using Goodreads to track them and that type of thing. But I have a rule around it is I can't use anything that is professional or helps me professionally as one of my books. Yeah. Like, so it's we're talking Harry me. Potter, Lord right. of the Rings, you know. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Oh, I'm on. Autobiographies of people who I'm like, oh, I've always wanted to read that one. And it's amazing to me. I'm a very goal oriented person. Right. So that drives me. It, it helps me do that. But it's amazing to me how much I can read for enjoyment 
And that actually helps decrease the work because I have to focus. I have to sit. I have to, it's not just a lot of people say, well, just do an audible. Cause I spend a lot of time in the car, just do it in the audible. And that's still work related because I'm driving to and from my yeah. location. This yeah. reading a book actually requires me to sit and be. Ooh, sit and be. That's a that's a good little nugget right there, guys. How often do we take time to just sit and be? Man, how can we how can we teach this to kids? Because holy crap, they need this. Like especially at a young age, you know they get so burnt out at school, and then their behaviors show it. It's like, well, yo, like we need to take a break. And part of it, I'm amazed at like the immense loads of homework young kids get late on in the school year. And I'm like, yo, schools, this ain't medieval 18th century no more. <laughs> like it's okay to not give so much homework for these poor kids, but how can we teach them some of these things? Well, one thing I try to do is I try to teach them the purpose of recess and what you have recess for. So I literally teach them that this is your opportunity to give your brain and your body a break. So get out and move. Don't just hang out with your friends. Move. Play a game. Right. I love that. <clears throat> I think it's also helping support parents to recognize <clears throat> that being is okay. We don't have to fill our schedule with every after school activity and yeah. every program. and Boredom's yeah. okay. Yeah. It's okay to let kids imagination. I know not like, only is it okay, it's healthy. Yeah. So let's build those imagination. And if we don't give them opportunities to be, then they're not yeah. going to build that imagination. Oh yeah. This, so on the side, I do assemblies about, you know, social media dangers and bullying and stuff and whatever. And you'd be amazed the amount of parents that talk to me. They're like, I'm just so scared to let my kid be bored. That's where I'm that they're on the iPad all the time. That's why I'm like, Y'all are overstimulating them though. Yeah. Like they're just sitting there just blam, 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 blam all the time. It's like, it's like, oh, uh, you know, you have those like self-inflicted TBIs where mm -hmm. it's almost like self-inflicted ADHD mm -hmm. where like they're, they're, they're screen dependent and they're just not bored all the time. Yeah. And so then because they always have a stimulus coming at them when there's not a stimulus coming at them, they don't know what to do. They struggle. And that causes more like anxiety and struggle than just being bored. Well, if you watch people just in any type of situation, if they just have to sit for a minute and meditate, they're grabbing their phones. Oh, yeah. And they use that as a crutch instead oh, yeah. of just, you know, we used to just watch people and love just to sit and watch people or just soak in the sunset or just whatever. Right. I think our phones have caused us to lose some of that. Oh, 100%. As adults, we are just as guilty of that as our teens and our youth. And I, actually, I was sitting in the airport the other day waiting for somebody to get off a plane. And so I was just sitting in the baggage claim area and I took the opportunity. I left my phone in the car, but I took the opportunity just to sit around and look. And I would say 97, 98% of the people were on their phones and that was or tablets and that was kids adults everything and i thought then i thought what happened to us what you know 20 years ago we would not have had that device attached to us right and it really has changed us and i think that's part of when we're talking about self-care 
spending some time away from our devices is important. Putting mm-hmm. it away, not yeah. being so drawn to it. That's a way to let it go. Like Gina said, when you walk out of the building, let it go. We don't have to check the email no. at nine o'clock at night. It's okay. Yeah. And parents, your elementary school kid has no business being on social media, so they shouldn't be checking it. Oh my goodness. Totally Get angry. off TikTok. Okay, I'm, I'm, I'm done with that for a second. Oh, you know, that's actually, nuts. and you know, back to talking about self-care for adults. That was something that I did a year and a half ago is I went off of social media platforms. Do I still have my account? I do. I could go in there if I want to. And there's times that I've used different platforms for different things in that year and a half, but I don't have it on my phone. I don't right. have it um, accessible. I have to get actually log on to do it. Right. And I can't tell you the amount of time that it freed up and the emotional space that it freed up by going oh off gosh. of social media. Yeah. Just stress, just the daily stress that you can get rid of that is huge. I think so, that, oh, go for it, go for it. Oh, I was just gonna say, you know, we, we worry about our kids having this fear of missing out. They learn it from the adults. The abs, oh my gosh, they absolutely yeah. do absolutely do and then on top of that because they're so fearful of missing out learn from us mind you they end up doing nothing together everyone Mm -hmm. ends up being lonely together because they're just so fearful of just missing out on anything so adults i think one thing that all of us can do to engage in self-care towards this home stretch i want you to pick one hour in your day one full hour, 60 whole minutes, probably the first 60 minutes when you walk in, take your phone upstairs and put it in your room or something, put it out of arm's reach. Well, I'm not saying just put it out of your pocket and put it on the table right next to you, out of arm's reach for an entire hour, a whole hour every day and see what difference that can make. Yeah. yeah, that kind of reminds me of, you know, a lot of times when we think about self-care, we think about what can we add to our day? What can we put into it to provide the self-care? Sometimes our self-care needs to be what can we take out of our day? And so what you're recommending is taking that hour and taking phone use out of our day. What I was saying about social media is taking that out of our day. Sometimes subtracting is just as powerful as adding. Totally agree. Yeah. Yeah. And, oh, it's just, it's so, so, so important, guys, that, like, you do this for yourself, for your kids, for your family. Back to what we said at the start, you want your family. So I have, I have three kids. I have a four-year-old, a two-year-old, and a two-month-old. When I come home at the end of the day, I want them to be able to have dad, not scary remnants of dad. Like, dad, dad, who can play with them and appreciate them not someone who's going to snap at them because he's so done with life in the world. Like my kids don't deserve that and neither do yours. That's right. So I'm going to ask both of you then, because we're talking about self-care, Nate and Gina, what do you do for your self-care? Ooh. So I live, and die. I live and die by my morning hike. I have to have my morning hike. Makes a huge difference. Um, not only does it strengthen you, but you're putting tons of oxygen in your brain early on and it just it's life-changing for me i do not like to skip it so it's a pretty big deal um i some big nerd like i love all the like and i i have a lot of my old childhood toys and so i will go and i will so there's this old franchise called the power rangers 
and they had like each individual person had their robot zord and then they'd all combine into a big megazord anyway i would, i just go and i play with those literally like i'll just put it together take it apart put it together take it apart my mom caught me doing that this weekend like my kids were just taking their naps and i was just off playing with my toys and my mom's like it's like he's eight, eight years old again like he's in his jammies <laughs> in his glasses playing with his power rangers and i'm like and i'm happy um, I have lightsabers that I'll just go out like when it's dark at night and like right in front of a mirror or the, the, the windows play with those so I can just see them spinning and whatnot. Like, guys, it's okay to be a kid. It's fun. <laughs> it's fun. I love that. Yeah. I love that. So here's a question. I, oh, sorry. What, Gina? What else do you do besides your books? My books. Um, I run. Um, and I, once again, I have to have a goal with it, but so I'm always running for something. Um, I turn off my cell phone um, and, and put that away. And I try, I'm not doing very good at it, but I try not to answer emails after hours. Mm-hmm. Um, so or, and I'm always afraid that I'll forget something. So if I think about, oh, I need to email that person, I send myself an email so that it reminds me because if I can get it out of my head, then I'm not going to stress about it. So I'll send myself an email to say, hey, Remember to email Gina or remember remember to contact me. And then it helps me know that's okay, smart. I let go of it, but I can continue on. Yeah, that is smart. It is smart. So I have that's... A question, another question. Okay. <laughs> Why do you guys think that people feel self-care is something they don't have time for or can't do? Oh, I'm... just because we're so overloaded with overscheduling ourselves every second of every day. Well, we're taught to be, we're taught to give give or helpers or naturally help or people or we wouldn't be in this field. And so we always line up everybody ahead of us. Yeah. People ask, Hey, can you do this? Our first instinct is to say yes. Hey, can you help with the young men's of the church? Oh yeah. I have a free hour during that time. No problem. Sure. Absolutely. Hey, can you come help me move this? Oh sure, Here. Absolutely. And like the thought of saying no to yeah. helping someone out or like doing an activity, it's kind of stressful. Like, okay. So this is the reason why I asked it is because it leads to another self-help or self-care strategy that I do. Oh, is I put in my calendar is GSD and it's get stuff done. But I make sure every week I have a GSD block, whether it's during work or whatever. And I don't let somebody else schedule over it. It becomes, you know, treasured time, sacred oh, yeah. time. of Nobody else can have access to that time. Yeah. And it's not always the same time every week, but doing that helps me at work and at home love that that's awesome oh this has been such a good conversation ladies um all those counselors out there who are listening take a step back take a step back to just sit and be and think of the things that made you happy before you were a professional and try to do those things because it's going to help you it's going to help you actually be working where you are longer because you're going to enjoy it more because it's not going to be in every single facet of your life. So, all right, ladies, any parting words for everybody before we peace out? Enjoy the end. Yeah. Enjoy the end guys. Enjoy the <laughs> end. I love it so much. Well, thank you everybody. And thank you for listening to this week's episode of the sounding board from the Utah school counselors association. Hope you all have a wonderful day and we'll see you on the next one.
Thanks for listening to this week's episode of The Sounding Board. Email the sounding board at utschoolcounselor.org to send us your questions and ideas. If you like our podcast, please rate and review our show. It helps other school counselors to find us. Links and additional information for any references from today's episode are in our show notes. Check out our website at utschoolcounselor.org where you can listen to past podcast episodes, register for any of our professional development opportunities, and become a member of the Utah School Counselors Association. USCA members also receive a bi-monthly newsletter to stay up to date on current Utah School Counseling news, events, and issues. You can follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Utah School Counselor and on Twitter at USCA Tweets. The mission of the Utah School Counselors Association is to support professional school counselors in their work for students through advocacy, professional development, recognition, and support. This podcast would not be possible without the support of our members. We'll have more ideas to share with you next week. Let's go.